What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew Steinwald, and this is Zima Red. On this show, we speak with the users, founders, and creatives that are diving into the world of unique digital assets, also called non-fungible tokens. Andrew Steinwald is the managing partner of Sifermion, an investment firm focused on the NFT ecosystem. All opinions expressed by Andrew and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Sifermion. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Sifermion or related entities may maintain positions in the assets discussed in this podcast. My guest today is Jen Kim. Jen is the head of product at NFT Bank, which is an NFT finance and portfolio management platform. Even though Jen says she is very new to the crypto slash NFT ecosystem, she's obviously an insanely fast learner because she knows all about the social and financial ramifications NFTs will have on our future. During our conversation, we dive into what NFT Bank is capable of today and their future plans. Spoiler alert, NFT Bank is just getting started. From creating extremely accurate NFT price prediction tools to NFT portfolio management, to enabling a near limitless number of financial use cases, NFT Bank is a big deal. If you want to learn about a product that we will likely all be using in the near future, then you got to check out this episode. Please enjoy my conversation with Jen. Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. Super excited to chat with you. And to get us started, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Hey, Andrew. It's a pleasure to join. Um, I joined NFT Bank um, about a month ago, and um, I... Before that, I uh, was at Facebook for about seven years. What I did there was um, focused on small, medium business um, part of Facebook. Um, as many people probably know, how, pe- uh, how Facebook generates its revenue is through um, enabling businesses to uh, use their platform and then um, be successful through the marketing. And uh, what I did there was um, small businesses um, there are millions of them on Facebook and they don't have a way to understand the complexity of the platform and then optimize its usage of it. So um, I worked with our um, product teams to build uh, what I used to call a brain of Facebook so that we have a source of truth for how do they get uh, value from Facebook platform and then have that knowledge be orchestrated across different bodies of Facebook parts um, so that we can effectively communicate what should they do next to uh, best take advantage of what we have to offer at Facebook. That's super cool. Okay, so so for example, I, I'm a small business, let's say like I'm, I'm a, a small taco restaurant or something. I, I, I would set up a Facebook page and then I would want to advertise to people in my area. And so your job would, would kind of be um, what exactly pertaining to, to that scenario? Yeah. Um, so in that case, um, we wouldn't be, I mean, I, mean, I say we now, but um, Facebook, um, Facebook would not be able to give you a, a human being to help you run through that process. So what uh, my team would do is to identify who is that, um, who is that business owner and what do they need and um, like what their customer behaviors are and um, recommend what product that they should use to best target and um, best um, get the result that they want to get um, in that case, which would be getting um, getting people into the door. Um, so we would kind of recommend what product and targeting options and so on. Okay. The, the, yeah, the, 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 that, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So, so was there, did you know about cryptocurrency and kind of NFTs before joining Facebook or maybe while you're at Facebook? Because going from Facebook to NFT Bank is a pretty big leap because I just feel like it's a you know Web2 company, obviously extremely successful, and then a, a startup in the Web3 space, which is kind of a very different model. Um, so so I'd love to hear from you, like, um, how did you, or yeah, what was your first initial kind of uh, learnings, or when was that first initial learning around cryptocurrencies and, and, and NFTs? Yeah, um, I think I jumped straight into nft rather than crypto and obviously being in silicon valley like i would hear a lot about blockchain and crypto but it never occurred to me that like this is going to change our lives in a meaningful way it's just the technology piece um but when i heard about nfts um i began to see how it really changed things um even from like as an extension of what we already do today um right now on with two like the extent of economic activities that we can have is very limited. And um, a lot of the activities are still limited to social activities. And like, obviously I had a front row seat to that being at Facebook, but being in web three and through NFTs, I saw how people can really 
make money um, through like different um, different web activities and and the way NFT brought meaning and scarcity and ownership in a very tangible way made me realize that NFT is going to be like the basis that every um, internet-based object or like entities um, will be defined. So I think I had that moment, I don't know exactly when, but um, probably it was around like last year towards the end of the year. And then since then I've been diving in and I've been uh, kind of going through this like learning curve um, to really grasp like what it is um, in its essence and then how it's going to extend into the future. Very cool. Okay. So during your, your kind of, kind of, you know, crash course into crypto and NFTs, what have you found, like in your opinion, is the biggest difference between NFTs and, and the crypto world? Because in the crypto world, I mean like kind of more mainstream cryptocurrencies and NFTs, obviously there's a kind of a plethora of different assets, but are, are there any findings that you have discovered personally that uh, when looking at these two different kind of asset types or communities? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest differentiator is probably the level of involvement that you need to have in order to get involved. So like a cryptocurrency, you can kind of stay back and then look at what's happening, read news, and then like kind of more passively follow. Whereas like the whole nature of NFT is like, it's all about community. So unless you're like diving into it, it's really hard to kind of grasp like what's going on and then like see like who's who and know like what is like the prevailing thoughts in the industry. So I think just like the expectation of you as a participant is just so different between the two. Is there one that... Uh, you know, you that speaks to you more like personally, or like, or, or like, is there one of those asset types that you prefer yourself? And and if so, like, wh why do you prefer that? Whatever that type is. Mm, I don't know if I have a very specific asset type, um, but I'm I'm really excited about um, how the profile pick collections will evolve. Right now, like I know that's the hottest thing, but I. I think what's more significant beyond the hotness or like the popularity of it right now is that it shows what's inherently um, in the nature of NFT. And what I mean by that is that it's there's just so many so much of the social aspect in it. People associate themselves with the profile pic that they own, and when people talk about um, selling CryptoPunk, it's not only about like trading investment. It's like me like who's represented through this NFT. So I think um, the future that I see in that realm is far beyond the um, implication of just owning a JPEG. So um, I think in that sense, um, that's like the most appealing sector that I am very much looking forward to growing right now. Very cool. Okay, so like tell me about your zero to one, your crash course for, <laughs> like through the NFT space. Like, like what was that, what was your initial uh, you know, which product did you initially kind of stumble into? And then how did you dive deeper and deeper? Was it just like Twitter and Discord? Or was it like, I don't know, going into a virtual world? Or I, I you know, I'd I love to hear that that journey. <laughs> I think um, your podcast definitely helped a lot. And um, I, I have to say, um, NFT Bank, uh, the company that I joined is actually um, my, uh, my main introduction through the NFT world. I think, um, I, I feel the pain of our customers because um, I have gone through it and I think I'm still going through it. There are just so many things happening at rapid pace in NFT space that um, it's hard to follow. And then within the midst, I mean, in the midst of that, um, you don't know what to buy. Um, you don't know whether what you are offering to pay is the right price. And once you buy it, like it's all over the place. So like I have so many wallets that I can't keep track of everything. Um, and then like, if I want to sell it ever, um, I don't know what price to sell. So um, I think NFT bank, um, the, that journey of like going through that whole, like uh, whole life cycle, if I were to say of like purchasing and then getting associated with NFTs um, was like one big thing um, that I think um, made me want to dig deeper into like understanding it. And then from that point on, like, like I said before, had to jump into Discord, Twitter, um, podcasts, like your podcasts. Um, but I, I don't know if anyone feels like they're ever at one per se. Like we're, I always feel like I'm only 1% there. So still ongoing. Um, but yeah, like just mainly leveraging um, 
the Twitter Discord and then um, kind of like translating that back to how we build our product because I feel it so much and I feel the pain so much. And um, yeah, like trying to understand what's going on in the space through the, our uh, data signal tools. I love that. Yeah, I, I have to totally agree with you. Like the more I learn, the more I feel like I don't know, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but but it, the more I, the, the, the more like kind of exciting prospects come up because, you know, my 2019 views of NFTs was kind of, comparatively very rudimentary to where they are today mm-hmm. and that now mm-hmm. it's like this entire world that that's, that's being created daily but yeah, all right so sure. so we've been talking a lot about you know nft bank but could you tell me what is nft bank and why is it exciting yeah so nft bank um is the all-in-one portfolio management service and i think that's probably uh well capturing what it is today um but if we look at the core of it um we do two things very very well Um, One is the valuation of um, how much this NFT, um, specific NFT cost or or like uh, is valued. And then the second is um, managing portfolio. And I can break that down a little bit. Um, Like I said, um, one of the key problems that people have as they jump into the NFT space is that they don't know how, like how much to offer or how much to, um, how much to offer at when they are selling. So in that case, um, it's a core problem that is a fundamental blocker to um, actually getting involved in NFTs. So we wanted to solve that problem. And then as we were solving it, um, we got pretty good at it. And um, right now we have um, top projects, um, valuation um, engine predicting the uh, price at an accuracy level about 80 to 90%. And um, what we're realizing there is that a whole lot of new things can be unlocked when you have the valuation correct. So um, I can tell you more about um, what we have in plan uh, later on, but yeah, one thing that we do well is valuation. So when you use our product, NFT Bank, um, you'll get to go into your portfolio and see how your um, NFT are valued at the current market rate and um, be able to use that insight to um, make the best profit out of the NFT investment. So that's one. And then the second uh, part of what we do really well is the portfolio management part. Um, It seems like a simple concept, but in um, NFT space, it's quite uh, fragmented and complex because there are so many different types of NFTs and also a lot of them are fragmented across different wallets um, and e- they're sometimes even on various blockchains. So how can one get a aggregated view of all of their investment and then get an understanding of what do they have right now? How are they valued? When should they sell? How are they doing in terms of performance? Um, it was a very uh, difficult deed indeed. Um, and I, I, I saw many people just do this on their Excel spreadsheet, which is probably not scalable. Um, so we offer the solution so that people don't have to go through that hassle. And I think this problem is somewhat accentuated as we see um, uh, the the gaming industry of um, play to earn expand, um, kind of driving the mass adoption of NFTs because um, they the, the scholarship managers um, who have to manage more than like hundreds of um, assets and wallets, um, they don't, they really need the solution dearly. So um, we've been partnering with a lot of the scholarships um, so that they have the solution in place. And it's been an exciting run, um, kind of seeing our portfolio management system taking off um, along with the play to earn system. Amazing. Okay. So there's a lot, a lot I want to dive into. <laughs> let's, let's start off with the, I think this is probably the most important, like the price discovery slash like valuation. Mm-hmm. You mentioned 80, 90% accuracy. Like I, I want to hear all about that. Yeah. Um, so we have dedicated data science team um, who only looks at modeling. So um, we have a, a baseline model um, that allows us to scale how we value individual NFTs. So um, when you look at individual, like when you look at the NFTs in general, the projects are all very unique and they have their own set of traits, um, which makes it really difficult to kind of scale this model. But um, we were able to develop a baseline model that allows us to um, get really efficient with this. And um, what we do there is we kind of add on um, 
based on the core that we have there as opposed to kind of start from scratch. And um, we've been seeing success, but obviously more to go in terms of project coverage. And then um, we don't want to stop at 80 to 90%. Um, we want to get it up to 100. Could you, can you kind of explain more the, 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 what are the biggest factors that impact the valuation? Is it like past sales? Is it, is it, um, I, don't, I don't know, community like discord or members or whatever? Like, could you explain to me like how you, like what factors you guys are looking at to get to that valuation? Yeah, um, I think it's it's all of them probably. But um, what we want to be careful about is that we don't want to solely rely on past sales because um, the NFT market is, first of all, very illiquid. So um, the past transaction record, um, they're very sparse. So um, we need to be careful with that. And then also when the transaction does happen, um, the price fluctuates quite a bit. So um, past sales, we definitely take into account, but we uh, definitely are very careful with that. What we um, add on top of that is um, the analysis behind like how the the uh, price behavior is um, when we kind of anal analyze it by the specific traits um, of the NFT. So um, based on the rarity of the different traits and then the combination of it, um, we want to make sure that those are taken into account um, when it comes to valuation, because we've seen that uh, the rarity or like the combination of rarity um, components um, have a very significant impact into how people value. And I, I don't think we need a data scientist to actually figure this out. Um, this is how community works, which is why people, when I think um, they browse through OpenSea, they um, look at the different rarity types that the individual NFTs hold, and then they probably filter out what are the NFTs there um, that have the, the most unique combination out there. So um, we're trying to incorporate a lot of these like best practices that people have in their day-to-day -day practice of trading NFTs and then incorporate into um, our data model. Um, you asked about the Discord and um, Twitter. We're also like actually diving in pretty deep into how we can capture that best. Um, the, the point of view that we have today is that the prices are reflected. Um, uh, so the price reflects the Discord and um, Twitter activities because um, like that's just how the NFT space works. But we want to actually get like more of a firsthand analysis as to how does um, how does this um, social media impact the um, price differences or like the popularity um, in general. So um, we're, we're doing deep dive research on that, but uh, not exactly directly um, applying to our modeling just yet. Okay, so so if you had to choose like a certain, I guess, subset of factors that are the most important in your valuation method, would you say it's, it's you know, traits or like, like rarity traits, or would you say it's like past sales? Or if you had to kind of choose one um, topic or one one kind of you know set of data. Um, mm. what, what is the most important when determining rough valuation? I think it has to be traits. Um, I think um, the past sales, like the existing records, are just not reliable. But I think what we hope to do is to get our uh, get our models to be trained based on um, not just past data but um, real data. So like we are also thinking about how do we like scale this out using machine learning mechanisms so that like we can actually um, have the have the machine um, go through sample uh, transactions based on real world behaviors. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so so I, I have this question now because I hear a lot about. I mean, oftentimes everyone's talking, not everyone, but the, there's a lot of people out there that are like, "Oh, NFTs, you know, full of wash trading." Which <laughs> I mean, there definitely is wash trading, but I think it's much smaller than what people kind of project because people yeah. are saying oh, it's, it's the majority of trade volume is wash trading, which I, I don't believe. Mm. So you guys probably have really good insight like into that. If you know, have you guys dived into that? And if so, what are the rough estimates of wash trading throughout the throughout the space that you guys have seen? Um, we haven't actually focused too much on wash trading as of now. Um, but I think I mean, like we obviously like we're aware of it. Um, and are, have been very lightly talking about how we can prevent that um, or identify that proactively, but not not so much going on there, to be honest. So but if you had to just make a personal guesstimate, you know, personal opinion, what would you what would you say that that wash trading is at? And this is like, just absolute guess. It's not, you know, <laughs> um, I, 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 my, my, my gut feeling is at least uh, that it's definitely increasing. Um, I think it's somewhat unavoidable with the popularity um, that's increasing for NFT. Um, 
but yeah, it's hard to give <laughs> hard to give like a random number at this point. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so so that's kind of the the price discovery valuation side, and you mentioned portfolio tracking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear all all about that. Yeah, so um, I think the 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 pain um, that people had to go through uh, before NFT bank of like just kind of seeing their portfolio and managing it um, is probably like already well understood by most of your podcast listeners. But um, yeah, like we we basically kind of bring all of your wallets that's fragmented um, and then bring it into you in just at glance view. And um, what we hope to do through that at glance view is to give you insight. Um, obviously, the valuation piece is one of it, but um, but what are like the actual ROIs are you getting out of your investment? Um, that's critically important in making your next decisions, right? So um, we focus a lot on like providing a portfolio management system that allows people to uh, to make better investment in the future. And um, I mentioned this briefly um, before, but I think the the biggest part. Um, the biggest thing that we're seeing happening is um, actually group portfolio management. Um, like I think scholarship is a one one great example where group, group portfolio management makes a lot of sense. But um, we see DAOs forming increasingly, and then um, when DAOs are managed, they need their vault to be um, well managed and transparent. And we've seen a really good fit um, in that problem and our what our product offers. So um, we're really looking to dive into how we can better serve our uh, our users through group portfolio management as well. And you you guys also have a a section on on your website where it's kind of like revenue and total spent. So mm-hmm. the revenue are you guys just looking purely at the the Ethereum uh, that the uh, wallet has obtained through their sales or how does that metric work? Yeah, so revenue is purely based on the actual sales. So um, it is not based on the estimated um, revenue because like a lot of we have a lot of hodlers, right? Uh, Long term investment. So um, so like we want to give the right metric in terms of things that actually were sold. So our revenue metric is based on that right now. Okay, that makes sense. And then also you you, you guys provide kind of a lot of analytical and analytical tools and also signals. I, I love to kind of learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I, I, you're going to see a lot more of it coming out, but basically um, what we offer is um, what we, what we look to do uh, like how, how we look to do actually um, in terms of insight um, is I think most apparent in our newsletter. Um, so we have a weekly newsletter um, that signals um how you're doing um, in general, um, in terms of your investment in a particular uh, NFT collection, and then what the market trend is, um, what were like the volume of bidding and then buying, and then like what is the average price of it. Um, so um, we want to give both the individual indicators of um, how they're performing as well as the overall market, and we try to kind of capture that in a more digestible way because we do recognize that there's a lot of data on our side and then it can get complex so our newsletter service has been like really popular in that aspect and um, we have really amazing open rate in terms of uh, our newsletters so seeing about 60 percent open rate which is i think unheard of um, at least in my um, experience of email so um, yeah like newsletter primarily um, our insight um, delivery mechanism and um it's showing both your individual and the market trends yeah that is a, an absolutely insane open rate i, I yeah. have a newsletter as well and that that's like in, insanely high yeah so so okay to, to dive deeper into the newsletter like could you describe to me what kind of so let's say i signed up and i connected my wallet and so like what information is it telling me or, or what insights is that is that you know newsletter providing me so we yeah we have um, different types of newsletters. So one type is just basically your uh, your weekly newsletter. Like how did you do this week? Um, so you get a summarized view of that, and in there um, you'll see um, the similar numbers that you see when you come on our site. So um, the the um, ROI and um, revenue spending, um, all of that, and um, I think. The more interesting newsletter, my personal favorite, is my followers' uh, performance newsletter. So, um, like I said, I think NFT space is inherently very social, and um, people follow each other so that they can get a sense of like who's doing well, and then what what they can learn from that. So, um, you get a summary of 
um, someone who did really well. And if like, I think, I think the most, um, um, the most inviting uh, title that we have is um, when it says I'm someone that you follow made like $3 million last week. Um, and like, you get to see like how they made that in our newsletter. So that's another one. Um, and then we have another type that's more focused on the individual NFT collection. Um, right now we have, um, let's see, how many do we have? Uh, about five. Um, uh, five NFT collections um, that we kind of customize and then provide like the more focused market insights. So there um, you'll see like wh where your position is in that um, in that NFT collection. So your estimated worth, um, your acquisition price and expected gain. Um, so here we actually provide not just the uh, the actual sales um, based revenue, but the estimated gain as well. Um, and then after that, like we give you a bigger view of like how is the market moving in this space, and um, we follow that follow up with um, some of the recommended NFT items um, within that collection. And I also read that you guys recently launched, maybe it was not super recent, but you guys relatively recently launched a tax filing kind of you know product or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you guys even do that? Because Tax, like NFTs and taxes are like some of those complicated things ever. So I'd, I'd love to hear like how that works. Uh, yeah, um, I think, it, yes, it's definitely uh, complicated and biggest uh, one of the biggest pain points for our customers. But um, based on what we do, it was relatively a straightforward thing. Um, in essence, what you need in a tax report is um, like, what did, what did you buy? Like, did you sell anything? If, if you did, um, how much was it? And um, with NFT, you need to have a record of what what you paid for along with some like additional fees like gas fees and then what was a cost basis if we were to look at the price of like whatever cryptocurrency that you used to buy the buy the nfts so we have all of that record already um and that was what we provide to our portfolio uh, management users so we basically kind of simplify um that data and then provide um our customers with a simple like pretty much a spreadsheet where they can easily import into the existing tax systems. And um, to make the process easier, we've been in talks with um, tax filing um, software, uh, software companies so that we can just easily integrate with them um, as opposed to our customers just downloading and then uploading. Awesome. Okay. So I, you know, this is a lot of amazing accounting stuff. It's a lot of amazing tax stuff. It's a lot yep. of great valuation stuff. How do I make money from from NFT Bank? Like, what 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 are some insights that I, as a as a potential user, can get from from this platform in order to increase my you know trading and, and investing ability? Mm. I think there are mainly two ways, um, and I, um, one is through just kind of reviewing your portfolio. You'll get a sense. You, I mean, I think without without this portfolio management system, like you're basically trading blind. And I don't think um, using an Excel spreadsheet gives you a very intuitive insight as to like how you're doing when it comes to the overall NFTs that you own. So by looking and, and analyzing like how you're performing and then what kind of strategies worked well, um, you'll you'll get a better sense of like how you should develop your own strategy. But I think beyond that, everyone needs an opportunity to um, find signals outside of your, their portfolio. So um, I think one big um, aspect of how they can leverage our NFT bank system is um, to see how others are doing. Um, and I'm really bullish on this like social element in NFT, and I'm probably repeating myself a lot of the times because of that. Um, but we want to see how people can help each other grow. So for example, like I think Pranksy's um, portfolio is very popular. It's one of the top uh, leaderboard um, attracting many followers and people look at like what Pranksy buys and um, get a sense of like what's what's actually up, up and coming. But I think our, our hope and um, like bullish vision is that there will be more Pranksies um, who are not necessarily Pranksies. There are many good investors um, who are making good ROIs and we want to kind of like, we want to kind of uh, bring them onto the stage so that people can get inside and then they can also create opportunities too. Um, so I think 
um, leveraging that social element, like seeing how other people are doing and learning learning from that um, is going to be a really powerful insight tool that people can use to uh, better their performance. And um, beyond that, um, as um, you see our valuation um, engine being applied in more places on our platform, um, you'll see also that uh, we will offer um, opportunities to buy undervalued um, NFTs. Um, because we have that accuracy in the, our evaluation engine, we'll be able to identify, okay, like this is actually valued at like so-and-so, but right now it's being offered at so-and-so price. Um, like identifying that arbitrage opportunity and then um, being able to take advantage of it is also something that people can expect and they can actually right now already do on our platform. So is it fair to say that like the, the foundations of a lot of what you guys are doing and building start off with the valuation and then things build from there? That's absolutely right. Okay, so so and you guys are constantly working towards creating better valuations, but but how do you guys know that the valuations that you guys come up with are accurate, right? Like, do you guys, basically you say, okay, this should be priced at around one ether, for example, mm -hmm. and then you see it sell for one ether. You're like, okay, great. Our model was pretty accurate. Like, how, how are you guys determining that your 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 valuation metrics or models are are accurate? Yeah, um, it's constantly going through like evaluation based on real data. So like we have our model um, that let's say um, is supposed to output certain like expected price. And we bring that model with real data and then um, feed the real data in again and again and validate whether that accuracy is consistent. So for example, if my uh, if our valuation model predicted um, the AYC um, item to be, let's say like 45 ETH, and once um, the real life data shows that um, it actually was sold at 50 ETH, then like we reevaluate and then um, the model kind of re, re juggles itself so that it takes that piece of information into account and reapply. So uh, we do this like constant loop of learning and uh, make sure that our accuracy level is um, at a level that we would like. Awesome. Okay. So going back into the insights that, that, you know, that you guys have seen from, from viewing this data, mm -hmm. are there any cool stories that, um, that you kind of learned f from viewing different, I don't know, different tr trading strategies or different kind of accounts on FD Bank that, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. Is there any kind of cool or interesting stories that you're, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this, this person did XYZ very, very cool and, and you know, weird and different. Like, is, is there anything like that? Um, I, I don't know if we have a particular strategy, but I think the, the profoundness of like NFT investment in various, um, various locations, I think have been very surprising to us. Um, maybe this is just in my own head, but when I um, am in Discord and Twitter, I often get a sense that um, the community is mainly um, in North America and Europe. But um, we recently did a um, targeted airdrop project, um, which I can tell I can share more, um, where people had to kind of come in and show their portfolio in order to qualify for a um, the airdrop. And uh, what we saw there, um, kind of like approximating based on their names, um, we saw a really big investors um, popping up uh, from Korea. And um, the variety of NFT collections that they hold um, was far beyond our imagination. It wasn't only like a very country specific, it was like very mainstream. So I think we're finding more interesting portfolio combinations that way. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're, you're absolutely right in that there's a lot of like strategic, uh, strategic aspect that we can further analyze and um, see how we can kind of apply that to our own product to better serve our clients. Yeah. So, so have you guys ever thought of, yeah, I mean, kind of building off that, have you guys ever thought about launching some sort of fund or investment vehicle that, you know, utilizes your, the data that you guys are getting to invest in the NFT space? Yeah, I think, I think that's actually a question that we get a lot. And then we do think we have been thinking about that a lot as well, but I think, um, before we get to launching our own NFT fund, um, what we want to, uh, first experiment is how do we enable, um, the existing funds to leverage our platform. Um, what we mean by that is that we believe that um, we believe in the future where not just like formal investors, but anyone basically who can prove that they have the expertise to generate good ROIs can become investors and fund creators. 
And um, like I said, um, people already uh, follow each other um, on our platform to to learn and learn and basically apply the same strategy that a certain investor uses to uh, improve their performance. In this case, what we can do is, for example, um, help uh, people who have those high ROIs in a particular field of NFT to come together and then form a fund. Um, in this case, where um, a lot of investors, uh, potential investors who want to actually participate in their strategy more directly um, invest in that fund and then and then benefit from that that uh, connection. So I think um, the more primitive form that we are exploring is more of that format as opposed to launching our own fund. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go directly into launching our own fund as we build these insights based off of the, all the data that we see. Very cool. Okay, so in the short term, let's say like, you know, six months to a year, what will the new capabilities of NFT Bank be? If, if you had to kind of, you know, put put a rough roadmap like, and, and talk about that. Um, so we want to further invest in our engine. Um, we talked primarily about valuation, but uh, moving forward, we want to also assess different types of uh, modeling that would be helpful too. For example, like there's inherently a lot of risk associated with NFT buying and selling. So we want to explore um, how we can develop a risk model. So there's going to be a lot of um, engine development, um, as I call it, to fine tune our core competency. So that's one thing. And then um, you'll get to see those being applied in our products in various places. And um, the the more like upfront, like customer facing side of things, um, we are going to invest a lot into social. Um, you heard this word uh, many times during our conversation today, but um, we want to explore like what it means to be social on our platform. And I don't think it's necessarily just kind of picking out some features of social like newsfeed or um, stories and then just kind of popping it on it. Um, there's going to be a unique form of social that is fitting for NFT investments specifically, and then um, want to maximize that. So um, you'll see a lot of like social features um, being developed um, that's like uniquely uh, fitting for NFT bank. And then um, to your point about fund, um, we're constantly exploring about how do we better provide opportunities to uh, the investors who use our platform that is just our regular users. So um, we're also looking into how do we dive into like those opportunity focused um, areas as well. Very cool. Okay. So yeah, I want to ask you, like, why did you decide to join NFT Bank? I mean, Facebook is <laughs> one of the most successful companies ever. I'm sure you had a really insane, insanely cool job. And so what was your thought process where, okay, I'm going to leave the safety of Facebook and jump to NFT bank. Yeah, I think it was um, mainly two things. Um, one is I always had a fear of uh, being you know, tied down with a golden handcuff. Um, it's just too comforting to be at Facebook. The pay is good. The environment is good. Like everyone is having a good life. But um, I started my career uh, by, uh, leaving school when I was in college and starting a company. And then I think the thrill and the learning curve that I went through during that time was just like not imaginable in like the more normal day-to-day um, -day things um, if I were to be in a more stable environment. So um, I always had that fear that I would just kind of settle down and um, being there for seven years, um, I was scared that I was actually living that life. So I wanted to kind of test myself and push myself to kind of break out of that. And um, thankfully, uh, my family also supported that. So uh, my husband um, actually decided to support my career and moved to Korea with me to pursue opportunities at NFT Bank. Um, so it's been a really fun ride to be able to kind of prove to ourselves that like, regardless of whether it's family or like location or like comfort, uh, we're not going to be uh, limited to like, some of those golden handcuff elements in life. So that was one. Um, and then the second part of it, I think has a very relatable story. So um, in Korea, um, there is basically this now conglomerate company called Naver um, that's equivalent to the combination of Google, um, Google, WhatsApp, and basically like it, they, they kind of like is the main um, internet company in Korea. And um, the founder um, actually used to work at Samsung. And um, I always kind of relate to that story of how he came out of Samsung to start um, Neighbor. 
And he probably had a lot of uh, friends who he asked to join his company and then like start a future. And I put myself in that position and like, what, like, what would those friends um, have in mind today? And they would have so much regret. And I didn't want to be that people. So um, I was like, okay, like, it's actually not that high of a risk. Um, like worst, worst case scenario, like I get really amazing learning in this like industry that's going to become our future. So why not? And um, I did not want to uh, regret um, when in fact NFT bank becomes, I don't know, like the Google or like the uh, like the JP Morgan of the future. So um, yeah, so didn't want to regret, uh, did not want to get limited to the golden handcuffs. So here I am. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. So, so yeah, what, what does the team at, at NFT bank currently, currently look, uh, look like today? Yeah. Um, it's primarily, um, engineers and data scientists, which reflects our core competency and, uh, we're actively growing. So, um, we're looking to get more, um, product managers and, um, always more engineers and data scientists. And um, as I mentioned, we do need to scale our data science capabilities. So um, we'll be also investing in a lot of the machine learning um, engineering as well. So um, actively going there as well. Awesome. Okay. So if you had to think of like the far future of, of NFT bank, you know, let's call it 10 years, mm -hmm. where do you think, or like what, what do you think NFT bank will look like? Mm. I, so we, we say our, we, we have our vision as uh, to become the JP Morgan of Metaverse. And um, I think we may actually be closer than we think um, even right now. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to how this like materializes as the entire ecosystem grows. Um, so let me unpack that a little bit. Um, when I think of Metaverse, um, which is a key component in our vision, um, my my view is that people are already living in it to an extent. People think of like particular environment or like AR VR environment um, that people live in as metaverse, but actually I think it's more the mental space that people live in. And when you uh, look at how people use Instagram, um, they have so much association with whatever photo that they upload and they want to make it perfect and they re it represents them. And then like it matters like where they go because they want to put it on Instagram. So. To me, that's like it's that that is metaverse. And um, when the significance of NFT kind of entering that uh, mental model is that whatever you do there is just not just for just putting it up there, but you can actually use that to create economic opportunities and then have a more meaningful interaction um, in that mental space that is shared with others. So um, I, I see the metaverse growing in that aspect and. Um, the more environment that these big companies create uh, for people to actually kind of see and feel um, their, that mental model kind of realize in front of them. I think the opportunities of NFTs kind of making a mark in that space grows as well. And um, then like, okay, like where does NFT bank come into play? Um, when people interact in that environment, um, the fundamental uh, need is that they need to know like like how like how do they how do they use their object that they use which i think will be nfts and um, unless they know how to value and manage they're not going to be able to engage in a very meaningful activity so um in that sense um just like how we go to the banks and get a sense of okay like what's the currency and then how do i use my um how do i use my money or like assets to kind of use like like make make my life richer basically we want to play that role um in the nft space in metaverse um as well so like we want to be the de facto and the source of truth for a lot of the fundamental like definitions like for example valuation as we mentioned a lot of the times um so that people can kind of really have their life be more fulfilling and rich um in metaverse so yeah that was a long-winded answer of answering like what is what your future um, but to kind of put it in a nutshell, we want to become the JP Morgan of metaverse. Amazing. Awesome. All right. So, so what are your thoughts on the current NFT market? I think it's definitely, um, overheated to an extent. Um, this, the level of attention I think is very exciting 
but um, it does create um, problems such as like scams and wash trading, as you mentioned, um, and um, a lot of a lot of noise. Um, so people just jumping in for the sake of jumping in. Um, so it's overheated with good and bad, but um, I think there will definitely be a quieter times where we can somewhat focus more on the long-term aspect of things. So um, I, I think it'll go through the waves of it. And I think the, through those times, um, the more essential components and the teams that really focus on those core elements will survive and um, things will get more crystallized and stable down so that it's ready for like more mass adoption. So which sector in the NFT space, like, you know, and we're talking virtual land, PFPs, collectibles, or what, what gaming assets, whatever. What, which sector within the NFT space are you personally mo most excited about? I think it's just, I mean, with probably as many other people are, uh, the gaming space is just taking off right now. So we want to put our mind there. Um, and I think, I think just us being located in Korea, it gives us a lot of um, exciting, um, it, it, it it makes it easier for us to feel that excitement because like Korea is such a like a game um, heavy country. Like we have the most like power users, and a lot of the good games are coming out of our country. So we see a lot of expansion opportunities there. And I think when NFTs are um, explained in terms of gaming, it just becomes more real than like some random um, like digital asset kind of a narrative, which I think um, is not always very resonating with uh, the mass. That makes sense. Okay, so, so, so going off that, which which categories of NFTs do you see being kind of the largest, you know, going forward in the future? Um, by by categories, do you what, what do you what do you mean? Yeah, so you know, gaming, uh, arts, virtual land, etc. Um, I think g gaming is definitely going to. It, we already know that it is already big, and it's going to get bigger. Um, but as gaming expands, um, I can easily see the extension of going to more of the virtual um, virtual land area because like, you know, like um, the gaming happens in an environment and um, how people see those like environment um, kind of prospering is very much correlated with how people um, see like land and investment there. So um, you can easily see the expansion of that. Um, and then, like I said, the profile pick collections um, will have to extend more into a tangible like social environment so also expect a lot of growth to come out of there as well all right so where do you personally want to be let's say in five ten years from now like what what is your personal grand vision for what you're you're working on mm, right now it's actually hard to detach my personal vision from the company vision because it's just so like not just a one thing um but in five ten years um I wish I am able to say that I'm actually closer to getting to one, um, kind of going back to our earlier mention of going from zero to one in our learning and um, being able to use that to deliver value to the users of our product. Um, so a lot more sophisticated, um, easy to use um, experience um, that's just kind of solving the core customer problem that we've already uh, kind of identified and focused on for a while. Awesome. All right, Jen, you, you, are you ready for the closing questions? I am. Perfect. All right. What is your single favorite NFT that you own? Um, let's see. Uh, it's, it's actually a, not a very well-known project, but uh, because it's one of my first. Um, and so there's this artist called Shabin Blue. Um, that I purchased just purely out of like sentiment. I like the picture. I like it. Like I wanted to just kind of keep it for myself. So that's kind of like my favorite, just because like it kind of is a more sentimental one, um, not necessarily an investment that I uh, plan to sell in the future. Love that. All right. If you had if you had ten billion dollars, what would you do with your life? Mm, I think I would want to invest in future um i and i may be able to do that without getting to the 10 billion mark um but 
yeah, I, I, I like I think I think being in the space, like you see so many amazing people working on amazing things and like you want to unlock those opportunities more and more. So I think with $10 billion, I would want to invest. Um, and I don't know, like we may not need real money. Uh, we may be able to do it with the token economy that we have ongoing and firing up right now. Let's see. Awesome. Awesome. All right. What is your most controversial thought relating to crypto or NFTs? Mm, I don't know. I think it's relative. Um, I don't think it's going to be controversial to the NFT community listeners, but um, NFT is going to be the future. <laughs> um, I, I think I think just like how we use the word internet, I, we don't use the word internet anymore, but it's basically how our life is wired. Um, NFT is going to be that. Um, I, I I often find um, people who are not in NFT communities finding this controversial and um, kind of treating NFTs only as like, JPEGs, um, but yeah, I, I have a I have a firm belief, and um, hopefully that's not too controversial moving forward. Awesome. All right, if you could snap your fingers and instantly change or improve one thing in the crypto or NFT ecosystem, what would it be? Being the um, being the advocate of our users, um, I I wish that our entire ecosystem gets less um, more, more frictionless, basically. Because right now, there's just so much friction to jump into NFT space, even if they believe in ethos, believe in the ethos. So um, frictionless NFT experience um, at the ecosystem level would be my wish. I love that. All right, last question. Where do you see the NFT ecosystem in three years? Mm, let's see. Um, I think definitely big players, um, like big companies, like such as Facebook. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg um, had announced that it's going to become, like Facebook is going to become the metaverse company as well. More big players definitely in the space, but um, in, in three years, hopefully um, the time will tell whether the big company strategy versus the more native crypto um, community driven um, and like driven efforts will prevail. So I think in three years, um, we'll get to see how the um how the environment is shaped and whether it was like true disruption or more of an extension of like the power players that we have today so yeah awesome awesome jen thank you so much for, for you know for coming on and telling me all about your, your background at facebook which is incredible and really diving deep into nft bank and uh that newsletter i definitely need to sign up so <laughs> if, if people want to find out more about yourself find out more about nft bank where should they go what should they do um, definitely visit our website, nftbank.ai. Um, um, we also have a Twitter, um, same, same, um, pretty much, nftbank underscore um, AI. And um, there you will see um, various like people who have the nftbank.ai handle. Um, um, and those are our team members, so feel free to reach out. Um, and uh, definitely Discord is a place that we'll be able to interact uh, very, very actively. Awesome. Jen, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Zima Red podcast and subscribe to the Zima Red newsletter for more info on all things NFTs. Thanks so much for listening.